Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Employment Law Podcast brought to you by the lawyers here at EI Legal. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, the Employment Law Podcast is a weekly podcast aimed at HR professionals, in-house counsel and really anyone who has an interest in the wonderful world of employment law. My name is Antonia Randalls and I'm a lawyer here at EI Legal and I'm joined today by my colleagues Simon Obi and Ahana Lakia. Welcome Simon and Ahana. Hi everyone. Hi Antonia. So last week on the podcast, um, if you didn't tune in, we discussed the High Court decision of the appeal um, in the AMWU and Mondelez case. Um, this, can, this case confirmed that the entitlement to 10 days personal carers leave under the Fair Work Act does actually mean 10 days of 7.6 hours for full-time employees and a pro rata amount for part-time employees. We are also talked about our favourite fun facts regarding leave entitlements, which often catch employers out. That personally was my favourite part of our uh, podcast last week. And carrying on from that, we were quite inspired by our leave fun facts. And what we thought we would do this week is actually take some concepts um, that exist under the Act and under modern awards and alert you all to some crazy modern award clauses. So what we're going to do first and foremost is Ahana's actually going to talk through some crazy modern awards that you may or may not know exist. Um, sorry, Simon, I saw you raise your hand there. Do you want to say something before Ahana goes into that? Yeah, just just occurred to me, maybe we should um, just say really briefly what modern awards are. I mean, I, I guess um, most people sort of working in employment and HR would, would be across this, but it is a kind of uniquely Australian phenomenon, I guess, and I, I, I wasn't aware of modern awards before I um, started practicing out here. But just in case people don't know, I guess they are a, a set of industry or occupation specific sort of rules and regulations which uh, apply in addition to the Fair Work Act. So you either have a, an award that applies to an industry as a whole, um, regardless of, of what role someone's doing such as I don't know the um, restaurant industry award applies to the whole kind of industry or you have a, a, a an occupation specific award such as um, the architects award which which applies to a particular profession obviously there's kind of exceptions to the rules and exceptions to the exceptions to the rules but that's generally how it works and I guess the other thing I'd say is the majority of employees in Australia are covered by a modern award. So if you're, um, if you're in a business where you've, you've taken the view that your employees aren't covered by an award, I think that's always, always um, something to kind of double check and, and get kind of appropriate advice on as, as necessary. Yeah, great. Thank you, Simon. Thank you for putting our crazy modern award clause uh, episode in context for everyone. Um, so, Ahana, do you want to talk us through uh, some some modern awards that you think maybe our listeners won't be aware of? Thanks, Antonia. Um, yeah, I mean, like Simon said, there's lots of um, awards that people are familiar with, like the Restaurant Industry Award, the Hospitality Award, 
the general retail award. And those are the sorts of awards that we come across quite often. We advise our clients quite often on those, but there's some awards which personally, I mean, you know, we're aware of them, but um, don't necessarily have um, the, I guess we don't advise on them quite often. And I thought I'd just sort of share some of those interesting awards that exist that you may not be aware of. So I'm just going to go through a list and pick out my favorite. So the first one is the Alpine Resorts Award 2020, um, which I think is quite interesting. There's a horse and greyhound training award. Um, the next one I think is Simon's personal favorite, which is the Hydrocarbons Industry Upstreams Award 2020. I have, I have, you know, fulfilled a uh, lifelong ambition now, and I, I do have some clients under that award. Amazing. That's great. <laughs> um, okay. The next one is Mannequins and Models Award. Simon, do you have anyone you've advised on that one? Yeah, yeah, that I have. I have actually. It's, um, you would think mannequins might mean, um, you know, is, it, is this someone who's employed to, to make those, you know, mannequins that you get in a shop window. But no, it is a mannequin as in a person employed to um, model wow. clothing. It's very interesting. I mean, I don't think I was aware of that. So thanks for sharing that fact, Simon. Um, the next one is Pest Control Industry Award. Antonia and I actually have some clients on that. Um, it's quite an interesting award. And then this is a weird and niche one, Concrete Products Award. But then there's also a pre-mixed concrete award, which I think Antonia finds quite funny. There's two different awards about concrete. And lastly, which is my personal favourite, is the Wine Industry Award. Thank you for that, Ahana. Um, and a big shout out to any of our listeners that actually are covered by any of those awards. Um, so after going through those, we thought we would dig in a little bit deeper and go through, I guess, uh, some concepts and explain what the general position is either under the act or under modern awards and then we would give you a an example of a bit of a crazy position under under some modern awards so the first topic to kick things off is um ahana is going to talk a little bit about annual leave loading so ahana what is the i guess the usual position under the act uh the usual position under modern awards and then can you explain to us uh, some crazy positions under some different modern awards? Thanks, Antonia. Um, so under the Fair Work Act, most uh, all permanent employees, they receive four weeks paid annual leave at their normal rate of pay. Um, but I, I, there's no leave loading under the Fair Work Act. And most awards then, if an award applies to an employee, have a provision for annual leave loading. And this is quite commonly known, so it's not necessarily crazy, but it's an additional benefit that certain employees receive um, in addition to their normal rate of pay, which is 17.5% of leave loading when they take a period of annual leave. So that's the usual position. Um, some of the crazy positions or crazy um, award clauses. So some awards say that you either receive the leave loading of 17.5% or you receive penalties um, that you would have been entitled to if you had been working. Um, so for example, penalties such as like working on a Saturday or Sunday. Um, so yeah, 
some awards state that you'll receive either the 17.5% loading or the penalties, whichever is greater. For example, the Manufacturing and Associated Industries and Occupations Award contains a clause like that. Um, the Commercial Sales Award, that actually talks about commission. So clause 20.3B um, of that award says that where the employee receives commission, that employee, in addition to their ordinary pay, um, they'll receive either the average of the commission payments, which they've earned over the prior 12 months, or the 17.5% loading, whichever is greater when they take a period of leave. So that one's interesting. And the craziest of them all is the Road Transport and Long Distance Operations Award, which I find is quite interesting. So under clause 20.2, what it states is that, there's a couple of crazy things in that, is before the start of, um, of an employee's annual leave period, an employer must pay the employee um, their period of leave. So it's not during, but before they actually commence, they have the benefit of being paid in advance, essentially, of their leave. Um, and in addition to that, they receive um, leave loading of 30%. So not 17.5%, but 13%, uh, sorry, 30%. Um, so not only will they receive the leave loading, which is more than most awards, but they'll also, also receive um, their normal pay and leave loading prior to commencing a period of annual leave. Um, and I thought I should mention that obviously employers, um, they do, I guess, have the option of paying an annual salary to absorb all these sorts of benefits. But before you do that, we always suggest that you seek legal advice because there are other sort of non-monetary obligations that you need to comply with, such as having to pay the leave in advance of an employee commencing that period of leave. So yes, that's um, the annual leave topic. <laughs> first, first cab off the rank. I feel like we should have had a little counter for how many times we say crazy. Um, but moving right along, um, the next topic we thought we would discuss is notice of termination. So Ahana, what is the usual position and how do some uh, modern awards turn that on its head? Thanks, Antonia. Okay, so the usual position, and it's under section 117 of the Fair Work Act, is that um, employees must provide notice to employees, and it's usually based on the years of service, so it defers how many, um, based on how many years they've worked, um, they'll depend on what um, amount of notice that the employer is required to provide. And a lot of people don't realise this, but the Fair Work Act, so section 117, only makes it a requirement for the employer to provide notice to employees. So um, most employment contracts then include a provision for the employees to provide a similar amount of notice. So where there's no written employment contract, employees just aren't required to provide notice um, under the Fair Work Act. But Simon has wants to say something about that. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you on, on that. But I think I think how it works for employees then is there's um, an implicit um, reasonable yeah. notice yes, has to be provided so you, you if you haven't if you haven't put it in your contract then you kind of at, you, you you're left with this sort of notion of of an employee having to provide whatever period of notice is reasonable which you know could could be um could be something long could be something short you you really don't want to kind of 
get into an of argument course. about that, which is obviously why 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 it's great to put it in an employment yeah, contract. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Thanks, Simon. Um, yeah, so that's, I guess, the usual position. And then most modern awards then state that um, employers and employees are required to provide the notice that's um, provided for under Section 117 of the Act. So that makes it a requirement for both parties to provide notice. And then the crazy position is under the Professional Employees Award. Um, and I think what I might do is actually explain the coverage of the Professional Employees Award. So it's generally, it's a um, occupational award and it covers um, employers throughout Australia with respect to their employees for performing professional engineering and professional scientific duties. Um, it also covers employers who are principally engaged in the information technologies, the IT industry, um, and the quality auditing industry or the telecommunication services industries and their employees who perform, I guess, some of the roles that are um, outlined in the classifications in the award. And lastly, it also covers employers who are principally engaged as a medical research institute with respect to their employees who are performing professional medical research duties. Um, and interestingly, the, when you look at the definition of medical research institute, it actually uh, makes it clear that this only applies to sort of not-for-profit organisations um, who are medical research institutes. So that's the coverage. It, it can be quite complicated. So um, yeah, we always recommend that you seek advice um, if you suspect that your employees will be covered by the Professional Employees Award. Um, but in terms of notice of termination, I guess the crazy or unusual position on the Professional Employees Award under Clause 21.7 is that the employer um, is required to give the employee notice of termination of one month um, or it's five weeks if the employee is over the um, age of 45 and they've completed more than five years of continuous service. So it's different to the uh, to Section 117 because it's not based on their um, use of service. All employees are required to be provided with one month of notice. And this is important to know because a lot of the times, um, if, I guess, employees want to put someone on a probation period, you can, of course, do that, even if your employee is covered by a professional employees award, but you can't then necessarily just think that you can dismiss them within the probationary period with one week's notice. You still have to provide one month of notice, even if you dismiss that employee um, within their probationary period. So, yes, that's the crazy position um, of the Professional Employees Award. Thanks, Ahana. It is absolute craziness. Um, so let's move on to our third topic, and that is redundancy. So, Simon, can you talk us through what the general position is with respects to redundancy um, and how modern awards shake that up a little bit? Yeah, sure. So um, under the Fair Work Act in Section 119, there is a, um, a table which sets out the um, entitlement to redundancy pay that some employees um, receive, um, calculated based on length of service. And it, it starts um, at four weeks for employees who've been there at least one year, and then it goes um, uh, up, from, up from there. Um, so there's also an exemption um, 
in section 121, which says small business employers don't have to pay redundancy pay. So employers with less than 15 employees, um, including any in any associated entities, they, they don't have to pay redundancy pay under the Act. And those sorts of, I think that's sort of fairly well understood. But um, a number of awards provide for um, some some different provisions. They either provide um, for uh, a different kind of scale of redundancy pay, so that 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 the, the scale, the sliding scale we see in um, section one one nine is different. It, it can be kind of more generous or, or less generous. And some um, awards don't have this small business exemption. They say whatever size of business you are, you have to pay it, or, or some awards um, have a kind of reduced rate for small business um, em employers. And, and some of the awards that, that deal with those things differently are the Joinery and Building Trades Award, the Manufacturing and Associated Industry Awards, in, insofar as um, it applies to small furnishing employers, um, also the Textile, Clothing, Footwear and Associated Industries Award, the Timber Industry Award and uh, black coal mining, mobile crane hiring and the Plumbing and Fire Sprinklers Award also and, and the Building and Construction Award too. And in respect of those last two awards, the Building and Construction Award and the Plumbing and Fire Sprinklers Award, they have um, an even uh, crazier um, provision in regards to redundancy, which um, doesn't just alter the pay scale, but it also alters the meaning of redundancy. In, in other words, um, employees are entitled to redundancy pay um, for a much um, broader range of reasons. So the def definition of redundancy in those two awards says, um, uh, Redundancy means a situation where an employee ceases to be employed by an employer to whom this award applies, other than for reasons of misconduct or refusal of duty. And redundant has a corresponding meaning. So what that means in effect is unless an employee's employment ends because of um, misconduct or because they've refused to carry out their duties, then they're entitled to redundancy pay. That includes where, um, the employee has ended their employment through resignation. And whenever I explain this to people, um, I'm often met with um, cries of disbelief. But if anyone does have any um, doubts about that, I've got a whole, uh, whole load of cases which back up that statement because I've, I've often been um, required to uh, demonstrate I'm, I'm not just making things up. Um, but that, yeah, that's that's one thing which really kind of catches people out. Thank you, Simon. Um, I'm not sure who would ever doubt you, but <laughs> I'm glad you've got those cases ready at hand. So next we've got allowances. So allowances will pop up under most modern awards where an employee will receive an additional amount under certain circumstances. But Simon, I think you have gone through and pulled out some crazy allowances so can yeah. you go through those for us 
Yeah, sure. So yeah, you're you're right, Antonia. There's lots of different allowances that might apply under lots of the awards. You know, some of the common ones are things like laundry allowance and that that kind of thing. That catches out a lot of employers where they have employees who are required to wear um, a uniform, and if the employee is required to, um, you know. Um, wash or, or launder that um, uniform there's often an allowance that applies. Ahana were you going to jump in? I was just going to say another one that um, is quite common that I've found is also like leading hand depending on number of employees that you're required to I guess supervise um, and you get a different allowance based on that but it's actually quite I mean I've come across it quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's in lots of awards. Yeah, you're right. Um, and, and that often goes under the radar. The B- Building and Construction Award has, uh, I, had, I haven't counted them, but, you know, I would say may- maybe, you know, tens, tens, if not hundreds of, of, of possible allowances. There's a, a wet, wet work allowance, a hot work allowance, a cold work allowance, a dirty work allowance, all these, all these kinds of um, uh, you know, rather intriguing sounding allowances, which might apply. Um, so that that's one that's really, uh, really uh, odd. But um, one that um, I've come across quite recently is the um, Cemetery Industry Award has um, uh, different allowances for um, exhumation, uh, exhuming bodies. And I, I had to look up what that meant, but that basically means sort of getting dead bodies out of the ground. Um, there is an allowance of $78.11 per body when the body has been buried for 14 days or less. Um, but that, um, that allowance goes up um, when uh, the body is slightly older. Um, I, I guess um, uh, because of the state it would be in, but then the award go, then the allowance goes down again once the body's been in there for um, in excess of seven years, presumably because um, you know it's uh, well, I, you know I leave that to your imagination, but and that is just um, one uh, one sort of crazy uh, allowance. But well, Simon, I hadn't, um, I wasn't aware of that. So yeah, yeah, it's there. It's there. It's also in <laughs> that the- is certainly crazy. It's in the uh, fun- there's a similar one in the funeral in- funeral industry award as well. Um, so yeah, there you go. Um, oh, oh, and uh, the other one which uh, uh, I really like is the uh, the pastoral award, um, which applies to kind of certain um, you know uh, sort of farming um, and type a- activities. Has different rates of pay that employees get depending on whether they're provided with what's called keep or not. So depending on whether they get um, uh, accommodation and, and meals as, as well as part of their role. But the, the definition of keep is, is quite sweet. And it says um, keep will mean good and sufficient living accommodation and good and sufficient rations of sufficient, of sufficient quantity, sound, well cooked and properly served by the cook or the cook's offsider. So I thought that was, um, you know, quite, quite nice to see, but it, you know, it doesn't only need to be good and sufficient, but it needs to be um, well cooked and properly served. Thank you for that, Simon. Um, I'm currently actually staying with my 
with my mum and dad if I was covered by the pastoral award. I'm, I'm not quite certain whether that would apply to me or not. Um, not sure how these, these meals are going at the moment. But um, moving right along, what about, Ahana, payment for junior employees? Can you talk us through um, how some modern awards um, deal with that? Yeah, sure thing. So there's not necessarily a usual position, but under some awards, junior employees, um, which is usually employees under the age of 21, they receive a lower rate of pay. So it goes down from like what a 19-year-old will receive, an 18-year-old, all the way to down to 16 or under. So there will gradually be a lower rate of pay. Um, however, <laughs> under the Restaurant Industry Award, the Registered and Licensed Clubs Award, the Racing and Clubs Events Award, and the Hospitality Award. All junior employees who are required to serve alcohol, um, they will actually receive the full appropriate adult wage, adult wage, as opposed to the reduced junior employees um, rate. So yeah, when they're serving alcohol, they get paid as adults. It's a very important job. Um, and it is something that uh, we do and well, we got a lot of um, inquiries about and we know that our advisors um, talk to a lot of business owners in the restaurant industry award in particular that have to make sure that they are paying their juniors appropriately when they are serving alcohol. It's definitely something that comes up a lot. So hopefully everyone is across that. Um, okay, so what about our favourite topic being public holidays? Um, Ahana, do you want to go through the, I guess, the general position under the Act um, and then, again, um, the Restaurant Industry Award and, and how that changes it up? Yeah, sure thing. So the usual position is if um, there's a public holiday on your day off, um, then you... Um, get sort of, it's, if it's on your day off, you don't necessarily get paid for it. So um, section 116 of the Fair Work Act, I'll just read it out. What that says is if the employee does not have ordinary hours of work on the public holiday, the employee is not entitled to payment under this section. So say for example, you usually work um, Tuesday to Saturday and there's a public holiday on Monday, Monday being your usual day off, then you don't get paid anything for that Monday. Um, but the Restaurant Industry Award, um, the crazy clause under that is um, clause 30.3, which importantly only applies to full-time employees, so not part-time employees or casuals. But what that says is that if um, a full-time employee's roster day off falls on a public holiday, then they get one of um, potentially three things. They can either get um, the employee that has to pay the employee an extra day's pay, or give the employee an alternative day off within 28 days, or give the employee an additional day's annual leave. So in those circumstances, that full-time employee under the restaurant award, um, they'll get a benefit even when they're not usually rostered to work. So using that example I did before where you, um, a restaurant industry award employee usually works Tuesday to Saturday and their normal rostered day off is on a Monday, but there's a public holiday on that Monday, they'll get the option of one of those three things. So an extra day's pay, an alternative day off, or an additional day's annual leave. Great. Thank you, Ahana. We are coming to the end of our time. Simon, do you want to quickly run us through 
these last two crazy clauses so that we can wrap up. Yeah, yeah, sure. So uh, the last two we were going to talk about just really quickly. The normal position under modern awards is is awards don't apply to the most senior employees in the business, but it's always really important to look at the actual classification definitions in the award to see how how high up the management chain they reach. And a really good example of that is the Shads Award, which um, has a really kind of uh, broad um, classification structure and applies to really senior employees. There is um, uh, a case where uh, it was held that even the CEO was um, um, covered by the um, Shads Award. So that is, um, that's really uh, unusual, but um, something that you need to look out for. Um, and that's under the Social and Community Services stream of the award. Um, and the last one I was going to talk about was uh, the extra entitlement to annual leave. So the normal position under the Fair Work Act is employees, permanent employees get four weeks annual leave. Um, under modern awards, uh, there are um, provisions which um, require shift workers, um, certain types of shift workers under some modern awards to get an extra week so five weeks and annual leave um, and there are other awards which take it even further the nurses award um, 2010 has the basic position but all um, permanent employees get um, five weeks annual leave and if they are a shift worker as defined in that award, they are entitled to six weeks annual leave. So um, some exceptions to the normal position there as well. Great. Thank you so much, Simon. Hopefully our little um, exploration of crazy modern award clauses made it quite apparent how important it is to double check what your award says. Um, and to not make any assumptions based on your understanding of the general position. Um, modern awards always have little surprises here and there. So um, I guess that is about all we have time for today. Thank you so much, Simon and Ahana, for talking us through all of that. Um, we should just quickly mention, as we always do before we go, that the information in today's podcast is general in nature and not intended to be legal advice. Uh, however, if you do require legal advice, which does take into consideration your individual circumstances, please reach out to us. You can contact us at info at eilegal.com.au. Um, maybe you have some of your own crazy award clauses that you'd like to draw our attention to. We would love to hear from you either way. So thank you so much both. Um, we will see you all next week for another episode of the Employment Law Podcast. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you.